when I was asked to speak about faith, I started kind of reflecting on what can I what can I possibly say about faith? And so I began to read, you know, different texts and different inspirational texts and then realized, wait a second, I need a dictionary first <laughs> to really understand what is faith? What is the definition of faith? And so it all comes down to two basic things, no matter which uh, dictionary you refer to. And it ref- it's about belief, which is the firm belief in something for which there is absolutely no proof. And it's trust, complete trust in and loyalty to God, divine being, higher power, whatever label you want to use. So it's belief and trust, a knowing without the need for any kind of outer validation. So for me, then I started to realize, well then, faith is about seeing, not just with my outer eyes, but seeing with my inner eyes. It's about an understanding of eternal universal truths, and not just with my intellectual mind, but with the mind that's in my heart. And it's also a knowing that all is unfolding for my highest good and for the highest good of all. And that there is nothing but love and a loving hand that is guiding all that is happening in my life and guiding my every step. That, what to me is faith. And then I started to realize that, you know, the fact that each and every one of us is here today, alive in this moment on earth, is actually an act of faith. It is a testament to that faith. It's a testament to the promise that we made to our Father, Mother, God, to all our brothers and sisters in the angelic realms and in the realms of light, that we would never, ever um, forget them. That was our promise to them, that we would always feel their presence with us, walking with us, guiding us, even when everything around us was to the contrary, even when our physical senses were contradicting everything that we promised. Our faith was that this is what we were going to hold on to, that we would always remember that they are with us every step of the way. We came here as individual beings of light with that faith, with that unshakable, undeniable knowing that we would always remember who we are and we would always come back into the loving arms of the divine from which we came from whence we came. (laughs) That was our promise. That was our act of faith. And they, they being our brothers and sisters of the divine, well, they too made the same promise to us. It was a contract that they would always also walk with us and that they would nudge us back to the path that we of our own free will chose to walk. And they would nudge us back to those experiences that would bring us the highest growth, the highest expansion that we asked for because we came here with enthusiasm. We wanted to be here. 
This is what we chose. We've chosen all of this. And we came here with that excitement and passion for living this life that we are here. That's our faith. And they promised that they would help us in that grand promise that we made for ourselves for this journey as well. So this was their faith in us as well. And so at this time of year, as you mentioned, Linda, when this outpouring of light is so powerful, and I feel it like that as well, even though everything appears to be dark, this outpouring of light and love is undeniable, is so powerful. I believe the invitation is held out for us once again to rekindle, to rekindle that faith, to remember that sacred contract, that excitement and that enthusiasm that we felt for this life earth journey ahead of us and to rekindle that faith, that unshakable knowing that we were not alone, ever alone in that journey. You know, um, when I reflect back on my own life experiences and my own journey, I see that every change that I had to make in my life was actually an act of faith. Every time that I was called to choose from what I knew to be my own truth and when everyone around me contradicted it was an act of believing, of having faith. Whether it was to not listen to my parents' uh, advice, (laughs) directive, (laughs) to become a doctor and choose the path of going and getting a business degree instead, whether it was choosing to leave a very successful career to embark on a spiritual quest. Every step was an act of faith. And obviously, that journey, that walk from Rome to Jerusalem, where nothing was planned or organized, every step was an act of faith, was a step of faith, that everything would work out to our highest good. And when I tried to think of a story that I could share with you, there was one story that came immediately to mind um, around faith. And it actually happened at around this time of year. It was around Christmas time. We were still walking in Italy. And Alberto and I, you know, we're still getting to know each other because he was just another pilgrim that I had met. And we were trying to still figure out how to walk together and how to share this walking experience. And as you recall, you know, our experience in the beginning was we would arrive in the town to look for the church or monastery or spiritual center and ask for shelter every night. And most nights we were received. Well, this one night, this one day, we were walking and we ha- it was still early in the day. And we happened to stop at uh, a church because it was, you know, open and it looked nice. And so we walked in just to poke around and the priest was there. And when he heard about our journey and what we were doing, he was so excited. He said, well, why don't you spend the night here with with me and with my community and you can speak to us? And I said, it was still so early. It was like 10 o'clock in the morning. We said, you know, we still have a long day ahead. We would rather continue to the next town. And he said, listen, if, if for whatever reason you can't find shelter in the next town or wherever you end up, I'll leave a side door open and you can always come in and spend the night here. And we thought, oh. How lovely, what a great person. Never, I don't think, fully expecting him to actually keep that door open. But we thanked him. We continued on our way. We arrived where we were planned to arrive that, that, that evening. And it had gotten dark by the time we arrived into the town. And we were directed to the house of the priest. 
And I'll never forget this house because it was so beautiful. It was so grand. It was beautifully decorated for Christmas. Um, And it had a beautiful gate all around it. And what looked to be lovely, well-manicured gardens and everything. So here we were. We arrived at the gate. And the house was a long ways away. And the only way to speak to the priest, because we know we're accustomed to knocking on the door, something informal, was to ring the buzzer. So imagine, you know, these two people with their backpacks and their sticks, and we're ringing the buzzer. And we ring the buzzer, and um, this person answers, and we explain, you know, who we are and what we need, and that we need shelter for the night. And he just said, no, no, I don't have shelter for you anywhere. We said, well, you know, it's late, it's cold, we'll take anything that you have. We're happy to sleep on the floor, which is what we normally did. No, nothing, nothing. And the intercom went dead. Didn't open the door, didn't even come out to see us, nothing. And I was, of course, I'm devastated. I'm thinking, okay, let's just think of our plans here. Let's think of options, options. Well, let's just see, okay, let's see if there's a hostel here in town. It's Christmas, it's the holidays, the hostels are all booked up. There's nothing available. And so I'm feeling tired, I'm, I'm cranky, I'm upset that this person has said no to us. And I remember we were just kind of wandering for a while, not knowing what to do, and we sit on this park bench, and I'm sitting there crying, and Alberto's kind of, you know, kind of consoling me. And all of a sudden, this, we see this moped driving up, okay? This guy in a moped, and it's kind of swerving a little bit, and it stops right in front of us. And the guy gets off the moped, and you can tell he's, he's a little bit drunk. He's just kind of veering a little bit. And he asks an Italian and if, you know, we could light his cigarette. And I'm just, looking, I'm just looking at the guy, and I'm not really paying attention. And Alberto, with all the calm and love in the world, gets up, and he lights, he takes out his lighter, the only lighter that we have, and he lights the man's cigarette. And the man goes, oh, thank you, thank you, grazie. And then Alberto says, here, take my lighter. <laughs> and the, the man is saying, oh, no, 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 grazie. Alberto, no, 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 per favore, please, take, take my lighter. And the man just, oh, just so overwhelmed. He reaches out and he embraces Alberto, grazie, grazie, and he drives off. And I'm sitting on the bench. <laughs> looking at him and I'm just I'm trying to stay calm and I'm saying that was our only lighter (laughs) in case you need it like for whatever and he just said to me it's okay he said you know have faith whatever you give from the heart always comes back to you double and I just wanted to throttle him (laughs) here he is trying to be you know he's trying to be all you know love and understanding and compassion I'm like I'm tired and I was not in that place of understanding and wisdom that he was at and so we finally decided okay well we're too tired to go forward it's another 20 kilometers forward but let's go back let's maybe go back to that church that the, that the priest said we'd leave open and hopefully it's it's open and we'll figure it out that way so we walked back in at night and it was about a 10-kilometer walk. So about two hours, two and a half hours of walking backwards. And we get there, and thankfully, the side door, one of the side doors was actually open. And we could go into the church. We felt strange. It's a strange thing to say. We didn't want to sleep on the pews because it felt almost disrespectful. 
So we thought, where could we sleep that, you know, we could just lay out our sleeping bags and not really disturb anything? And we found the confessionals. (laughs) (laughs) Those of you of the Catholic faith appreciate how tiny (laughs) those confessionals are. Yeah. And that is indeed where we ended up spending the night. I basically stayed in all of my clothes, uh, kept everything on, slid into my backpack, put on an extra hat, and I, was, I slept in the fetal position because that was the only way that I could fit in. And you can just imagine how uncomfortable, if I was uncomfortable, how uncomfortable Alberto was in the confessional next to me. But we had shelter. We had shelter for the night. We had a roof over our heads. And so we, we felt, I felt grateful. Tired, emotional, but grateful that we could finally lay down. And the next day, we just continued on our walk. We continued and uh, we freshened up in a, in a cafe, just quick, you know, quick wash up, had a cup of coffee, and then continued. And at, not even an hour into our walk, um, we were entering the city, and this gentleman comes out in front of a coffee shop or a restaurant, and he just motions for us to just come in, come in, come in, come. And it's okay, so we, you know, we walk in. He goes, come, and he says to us, "I've I saw you on walking on the road. I've actually seen you for the last couple of days as you were walking, and I just wanted to meet you, and I just wanted to invite you for a cup of coffee and for something to eat and just just to say hello." And of course, you know, from the rejection of the previous night to the full embrace of the next day, I was just waterworks. I was just in tears. I was just, the slightest act of kindness was just triggering me. And so, you know, he took my backpack off, like a gentleman, he took my backpack off and said, oh, this is heavy. And he carried it inside and, and he ended up being the owner of the restaurant where we were stopping. His name was Davide. And he invited us in, he gave us a coffee, something to eat, and he just said, you know, I, I, I just think it's incredible, he explained what we were doing, and he just said, you know, I just think it's so important what you're doing, and I, I applaud you for at least trying to do something to make the world a better place. And he goes, even if no one understands you, and even if people reject you, have faith, have faith in what you're doing, and in this journey ahead of you, because you've touched me. And so I remember him very well. And after, you know, we were warm, we warmed up and we washed up well and, and we got ready to go, he reached kind of behind the bar and he brought out something and he said, I just want to give you something to remember me by. And he gave us two lighters. <laughs> I kid you not, it is a true story. And Alberto just looked at me. (laughs) When you give from the heart, when you give with love, you get back double. And clearly when you have faith, when you have faith, everything is given onto you that you need. I'll never forget that. (laughs) Oh. You know, I also, after the story, I also started you know, realizing and reflecting on the fact that, you know, when the, when the disciple Peter um, was told that the church would be built on the rock of his faith, of his faith, what was he being asked to remember? He was being asked to remember and to hold on to his faith in the teachings of his master, to hold on to his faith 
in the way of love and to walk this path of love with courage and with faith, just like his master did. In the Eastern philosophies, um, you hear them speak about maya, the illusion and the unreality and the impermanence of this world that we live in and the full truth of the spiritual life. That's why, you know, you see often their statues with the eyes closed and third eye open. It's to remind us of that. And the great teacher and the great master, Jesus, who I know many of you and I believe also was the vehicle, the perfected vehicle for the Christ consciousness. One of the sayings that I absolutely love and that I try to hold on to and try to live and embrace is his saying that I am in this world, but not of this world. What's he saying? I am here, I am in this world, I interact, I am moving, I'm speaking with all of you, but I am not of this world. I am of divine origin. I am that spark, I am the light, I am that consciousness of love and brotherhood. I, this is who I am hap- that happens to be clothed in this person that you see before you called Moni. This is something that I hold on to with such faith. And if I were to remember and hold on to anything, if I were to know any one thing for sure, with any certainty, it is that. This is who I am. But I'm not unique in that because this is who each and every one of you is. This is who we are. We are merely the vessel for this divine light, this Christ light that is in each and every single one of us that burns ever so brightly, even more so at this time of year. And when we receive that loving light that's all around us now even more fully so that we may have the courage and the power and the faith to live it even more powerfully in our journeys forward. So, um... I believe we are at this time called to remember all of this and to embrace that light so fully so that we may know that each and every one of us here is love unfolding. We are each here masters who are becoming and we are eternal in the eyes of the one who created us. And so it is. Thank you.